Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Verse 5. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory surround the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high and the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Verse 21. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. Good morning. Today we look at Psalm 118, a psalm of thanksgiving for God's salvation. Now, have you ever experienced a traumatic episode in your life? A period that was so dire, you didn't know how you were going to come out of it in one piece. Perhaps it was a time of ill health or bereavement. Or perhaps you lost your job, your relationship broke down, or you failed an examination. I am sure just reflecting on that period may remind you of the pain and the worry you experienced, but somehow you recovered. The psalm we're looking at today contains several traumatic episodes experienced by the psalmist. The author of this psalm is believed to be David, and theologians believe it was written shortly after he became king of Israel. A psalm thanking God for his salvation through all the traumatic episodes he experienced leading up to this point where he is now king. Many of you know David's story. He was a shepherd boy, anointed by the prophet Samuel to be king of Israel in place of Saul. Shortly after he was anointed, he went to the battlefield, saw Goliath, railing insults against God and the armies of Israel. And with his sling, and stones, he was able to kill Goliath in the name of the Lord. Saul 
became jealous of him when he found out that people were singing David's praises, saying Saul killed thousands, but David killed ten thousands. And so with that jealousy, he sought to kill David. And his anger was intensified when he found out that David had been anointed as king instead of him. David ran away from Saul, but Saul pursued all through the rest of Saul's life. He was hunting David down. David spent countless nights and days in the wilderness running from Saul. Several times very close to death. Several people very close to David had been killed by Saul and his army. And even when Saul died, he didn't become king straight away. There was a period of about seven years where there was war between Saul's household and David's household. And then finally, after all those challenges and difficulties, he had now become king. So he had lots to thank God. And this psalm outlines all the dark periods where he thought his dream was never going to be fulfilled. The promise that God made him seemed so far away. But yet, it came to pass. Now, this psalm is actually the most popular psalm and most quoted psalm in the New Testament. When Jesus Christ rode into Jerusalem, triumphantly on the donkey. The people sang, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That song was taken from this psalm. When Peter preached about Jesus Christ and he said, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Again, that was taken from this psalm. So it is clear that the Jews knew this psalm very well, and they recited it. In fact, theologians tell us that this psalm is one of five psalms that are recited every Passover, which is the period that the Jews use, celebrate to commemorate God delivering them from Egypt. It is possible that Christ at the Last Supper recited this psalm just before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and before he was betrayed by Judah. Now, why do the Jews sing such psalms? They do that to remind them of how God had delivered them, but also to teach their descendants about God and his faithfulness. I believe that there are lessons we can take from this psalm, lessons that will be useful to us as we go through life's challenges. Christ tells us, that all of us who want to live life godly, we will 
experience challenges. We know we live in a broken world. And we know that by living in this world, we experience difficulties. Isn't it comforting to know that there is a psalm where we can get lessons on how we deal with these difficult periods? Now, there are three particular lessons I would like to dwell on in the rest of this discussion. The first is the lesson of thanksgiving. And we see in verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Now, it is easy to give thanks when we have experienced the great and mighty blessings of God. If you've got a lovely promotion at work, or perhaps God has healed someone from a devastating disease. Or the birth of a child. All these are beautiful periods where praise spontaneously comes out of us and thanks to God. But what happens when we're going through difficult periods? Are we able to still thank God? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Give thanks to the Lord in every situation, as this is the will of God. I don't know about you, but I find it very difficult to give thanks when I'm going through challenges. When my heart is worried, it's easier for me to focus on the issues and the problems than to look to God and give him thanks. Now, why does God command us to give thanks at all times? Is it because he is needy and he needs our adulation? No. I believe that there are three reasons. The first is because it's a reflection of our gratitude for all that he has done. Now, some of these things we don't know. The way he has protected us. Now, we may never ever experience, and also some of them may be the things that we know. David, when he faced Goliath, it said, the God who delivered the lion into my hand, the God who delivered the bear into my hand, will deliver you into my hand. That is someone who was able to thank God for all he had done in the past. When we do this, it reminds us of God's goodness and kindness. And as verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. So it's a reflection of our gratitude to God. The second is reason is that it gives us total confidence. It's an expression of our total confidence that God has everything in control. 
Bible says, now we walk by faith and not by sight. So even though the situation may be so dire, your health may be failing you. Or whatever the situation is, giving thanks to God is an expression that God, I know you have everything in control. I know you are a specialist in changing difficult situations and bringing something beautiful out of it. The third reason why we give thanks is that by doing so, we make a declaration that we are his people. We are his offspring. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 19, the living, the living, they praise you. It's not the dead that praise God, but it is the living. And God is a God of the living. In Psalm 22, verse 3, the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. Some other versions say the Lord is enthroned in the praise of his people. When we praise God, we declare we are his people. And as such, God comes in to the situation and the circumstance. A beautiful expression of this is the account in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, where Jehoshaphat is faced by a very strong army, numerous soldiers from Moab, Ammon, and Sire, which was Edom. Now Jehoshaphat is surrounded. It appears that he has all but lost the battle. For he cries out to God. And then when he goes in battle, he does the craziest thing you could ever do by sending singers or musicians in front. And guess what they sing? Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. You see this in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. And later on in the chapter, we see that God fights on behalf of Jehoshaphat and the armies of Judah. So much so that they did not have to fight, but God won the battle with them, without them fighting. Isn't it beautiful to know that when we thank God, we bring him into our situation? And he's able to fight our battles for us. Especially when we are weak and we find it difficult. By praising and thanking God. We bring God into our circumstance. Now when we thank God. How should we do it? I believe that we do it from a place of truthfulness. And this is the second lesson that we can take from this chapter. In verse five, it says, in my anguish, I cried to the Lord and he answered. Some other versions say, 
in my distress. Being truthful about the circumstances and the situations you're in. Being honest to God is so important. Now, there's no point to be religious about it. There are times where we, as Christians, we know the right thing to do, but we just don't have the strength to do it. We know that if we just do this right thing, it may improve things, but somehow our strength is gone. Be honest with God. Take it to God in prayer, in the spirit of honesty. Verse 10, the psalmist is faced with the same situation. It says, all the nations surrounded me. Now, this is how the psalmist felt. But he was honest to God. I feel as if all the nations surround me. I feel I'm in a dire situation. God, please help me. One of the favorite miracles that, of mine that Christ did was when he healed the epileptic boy in the New Testament. The Bible says that prior to Christ healing him, the father of the boy had brought the boy to the disciples, but they were not able to heal him. And then when Christ arrived and they asked, why not? He said, because you have, you do not have faith. And then he turned to the father and said, if you have faith, the boy will be healed. Then the father said, help thou my own belief. I love this because the father was honest. I know I have to believe you, God. But I just can't. So please give me the tools to be able to believe you. And the Bible says that Christ healed the boy. So when we thank the Lord, we should do it in a place of truthfulness. We could come before God and say, now I know we ought to be thanking you. But God, help us to thank you because I don't feel like thanking you now because my situation is so difficult. The other lesson is the lesson of trust. The Bible says that the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? This is verse 6. Verse 7 says, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. I don't know about you, but I believe that princes are powerful people. They have influence. But there is a limit to their power and their influence. There are circumstances where their power may fail. There are circumstances where doctors may not be able to find a cure to a condition. But it is better to trust God. There are situations whereby our own intellect and our wisdom may fail us. 
for it is still better to trust God. Because we know that the right hand of God is so powerful and strong that he will redeem us. Now, you may feel, I can't trust God. I've been through so many negative situations and he hasn't come true. Or actually, I've tried to trust him and I'm finding it difficult. We can be like the father of the epileptic boy and say, Lord, help thou my unbelief. For when we thank God from a place of truthfulness, accompanied with trust, we see results in our life. Now the results may not be exactly what you want. God is sovereign. He answers prayers, but at times not in the way we want him to answer. But there is one assurance we have. That God will bring good out of every difficult situation we experience. And that is why notice the psalmist says, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do? In other words. I may still face this challenge, but knowing and trusting that God is with me, I am no longer afraid. We can trust God to act on our behalf, but not only acting on our behalf, we can trust God to empower us so we are able to solve our own problems. In verse 10, he says, all the nations surrounded me, for in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed round me like bees, but they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. So when we trust the Lord, sometimes he delivers us and sets us free. Sometimes he empowers us to be able to solve the problems. And sometimes he allows us to go through the experience, knowing we will come out stronger. In conclusion, as we look at verse 21 to 24, I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Isn't it wonderful to see the crescendo? Hide all ends. It ends with God being our salvation. The starting point was rejection. The starting point was pain. The starting point was uncertainty, but somehow, through it all, God redeems us. And we're able to sing that God is our salvation. Our transformation is complete. As we close, I hope you can see that this is a psalm that shows the power of God to save us. 
the salvation may not come in exactly the way you want. It may come by giving you the tools to be able to solve your own problems in a slow but sure process. It may come spontaneously in the form of a deliverance, or you may have to go through the circumstances. But one assurance you have is that the end will be better than the beginning. Amen.